someone you should know. A program about people you know, and even more that you don't. Hosted by Stuart Sachs, veteran, husband, father, and grandfather. Now, here's your host, Stuart Sachs. Well, good morning and welcome to another edition of Someone You Should Know. You know, I don't know about you, but I am so thrilled to see this fall weather, the crunching leaves on the paths, the the leaves changing colors. Uh, This is the exciting time of the year for me because it just gets a little brisk out there and you put that light jacket on when you go out. I am so over the summer and am ready for the fall and even the winter ahead. I don't mind that, but we're going to be talking uh, about travel today, and this has got to be the most perfect time of the year to be traveling, and my guest today is going to tell you uh, about how she sees America uh, when she is traveling. We are brought to you today by our good friend and producer, Christine Dean, who is also the DFW Networking Diva. Anything having to do with your website, your marketing plans, your business improvements, and all, Christine has the answers, and she can offer those answers to you at no cost. Just sign up for a free consultation, and she'll take care of you. She takes good care of us right here every week, and she is absolutely a genius at what she does, and that's why we call her the diva. So, Thank you very, very much, Christine, for all that you do for this show. Well, as I alluded to, uh, my guest today sees America from uh, the road, uh, and she does it every day because she lives on the road. So welcome to Janelle Jones. Hi, Stuart. Thank you for having me on to talk about this passionate, wonderful lifestyle of mine. Uh, I I am so in awe and so jealous of of you and what I mean you're living you're living the dream of millions of people to just say you know what I just want to cash it all in and I want to buy an RV and I want to travel and that's exactly what Janelle has done so you know there you are sitting right in your your RV right now talking to us and I think you told me that today you're in in Kentucky, and, and and last week you were in Maine. So you just you just hop in the RV and take off and hit the highways. I have to I have to ask you to back up your life to the very beginning and 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 what you were doing uh, before you got this bug to do what you're doing today. What was your career and what was that? that moment that said, Janelle, this ain't for you anymore, girl. All right. It's a lot to unpack, but here we go from the, from the, (laughs) from the top. I worked for the government, local government. I was a cop for 26 years in South Florida. I retired as a major, had a great career, nice pension, which we'll come to in a minute. But so I retire early. I retire at 54 and I moved. I was in Florida. I moved back to Texas to be with my mom and five brothers and sisters. I hadn't lived there for 26 years. So I wanted to be with around them again. So I moved to a little town, Weatherford, Texas. I got there. I got settled, had a nice little house on the lake and realized this is boring. 
I, I can only paddle board and lay out by the sun and clean the house and garden and sew and cook so much. And I wanted to RV. I, I wanted to RV. So I bought what I call my starter RV. And I started traveling then. But I kept the house and realized that I really liked that lifestyle. I, I liked it. But it's scary. It's scary to not have a house per se, a sticks and bricks house. It's, it's scary to not have that. And so that held me up for a couple of years. But after I traveled for two straight years, I realized the only time I went back to that house was to check on that house. So I thought, why don't I get rid of the house and just be in the RV for a while and see how that goes? I can always go back and get another house. And that's where you find me today. You know, had you had you just, you know, like vacationed in an RV uh, while you were while you were working and that's where you were comfortable, you know, getting away and being in an RV or was RVing just something that was brand new to you when you retired? I had never been in an RV in my life. But the oh last few gosh. years of my RV, of my working world, I had a window that looked out on an RV, a, a Prevost, one of the big million dollar buses. I, and I'd watch those coming and going and, you know, who's driving those buses? I didn't even know really what they were. They're all painted on the side. And I'd watch people unpacking stuff and getting in. And one day, and literally for two or three years, I watched it. And one day I stopped in, I had a minute and I'm like, what's, I want to know what's going on over here. What do y'all have? And can I see one of these? And buddy, I saw that beautiful coach and thought, I love this. Then I heard the price tag and I'm like, all right, maybe I should love something else. But <laughs> it kind of put that seed way in the back of my mind. And as I kept watching that, that dealership, and then I started noticing other RVs going, oh, okay, well, I don't have to start with a million dollar RV. I can, I can look at some other ones. So then I started kind of go to an RV show here and there and I'd watch YouTube but honestly, the day I bought my first RV, I got in it and drove off and did not have a clue of how to, nothing, I had no clue of how to, how to drive it, what was going on with it, how to drive something that long, nothing. I, like I said, I called it my starter RV. Yeah. And, and what length, what length was the first one? The first one was 31 feet. And that okay. RV, I rolled over curbs i hit a mcdonald's building i took a tree branch took the entire and i mean everything off the top everything so i'm driving with these 12 inch by 12 inch holes and of course it's raining i mean it was a hot mess that's why i call it my starter rv i learned on that rv but it was 31 feet i i wouldn't advise to start off that big but you know i'm the kind of girl i'm all in or i'm all out so <laughs> I, I I can't even I can't even imagine not having ever been trained in one what it's like to get into a vehicle that's 31 feet long and like you said to have to 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 negotiate those right turns left turns and to yeah. allow enough enough I mean whatever mathematics we learned when we were kids came into play when you were driving that RV right because and, you had to know and, those right angles and how much to, how much space to allow. 
And for the record, I don't remember all of that that we learned. So I took out quite a few right <laughs> curves. For some reason, I always hit on the right. After I paid for two alignments in one year, I'm like, all right, I got to learn to to go further out on these. Now I rarely, rarely hit anything. I'm not saying I don't, but I rarely hit anything. Now I'm 60 feet going down the road. So I've I've learned quite a bit in my four plus years of RVing now, but I, I see new people and I see mistakes they're making. And I want to just go up and say, don't do that. You, you, in the long run, you're going to have to pay for two alignments this year if you keep doing it that way. <laughs> now, from from the beginning, when you started driving your first RV and all, were you aware of the Wandering Individuals uh, Network RV Club? Yes. I was. My first RV I, I got in like 2016, but for some reason, I didn't start traveling with them yet. I joined, but I had specific places to go in that first RV. It's a, a trend that when we fly our first RV, all of us, almost exclusively, we go hit our bucket list. I've always wanted to go to the Grand Canyon. I've always wanted to see Niagara Falls. So I did all that stuff. So after about a year, year and a half, that two years, I realized, okay, I'm done with the bucket list now. What Now where do I go? Literally, it was like, all right, well, all right, well, I'm going to go to California and sit there by myself. I don't even, I don't know where to go. So that in 19 is when I started traveling with the uh, Wandering Individuals Network, the RV club for solo travelers. I'd found them and that changed everything again. And, and folks, while we're talking about all, all of this, there is a website that you can visit. Uh, it is the wanderingindividualsnetwork.com. And, and you can get a wealth of information from the website. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the website and, and uh, Janelle's involvement with it uh, as we go through the show. Uh the, the 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 next question I have is: uh, Are you doing all of this all by yourself, or are you traveling with with family, friends? Uh, you know, you know what? You know how, how are you? How are you negotiating all that all by yourself? I do it by myself. I do. I I that first couple of years when I had that travel trailer, I I went everywhere. I went to Bar Harbor. I went everywhere by myself from South Florida. I went from South Florida all the way up to Washington. I looped the country all by myself then. And I still, to this day, travel by myself with now travel with my club a lot, but we still, we travel on our own together is how I like to say it. But I, I'm glad I found the club because it changed a lot about how I travel, definitely. And it made it a lot more comfortable. But yes, I drove this last week. I drove from Maine by myself here. And are the members of the, the club, are most of them single uh, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm going to throw the word out there, nomads, because that to me, and what you're doing is kind of the definition of, of a nomad. Uh, you know, are, are most of them singles that are in part of the club or is it a combination of families and couples and singles, uh, all over the, the country? We are definitely all over the country and Canada. Definitely that. And we travel solo. 
for instance, most of us are single, not married, but we have lots of couples that are together and we have some married people, but for some reason, the significant other doesn't travel with them all the time. I don't mind if your wife comes with you, your husband or significant other comes with you this time, that's fine. But, but the club was started because back in 1988, I mean, this is, been around a long time by seven friends who yeah, were single years. Yes. It's, you know, it's the real deal. We know what we're doing here, but, but they, they all started sitting around a campfire and they wanted people to travel with them. And especially, you know, 35 years ago, especially women did not travel on their own in RVs. These women did, you know, pioneers, but they realized we want a club for us that we're not the odd man out. You know, we've all been to an event, a wedding where you're the single one there and there's a table of eight and it's you and the empty chair. Well, we don't want that. We want the table to be full. We're all in the same position. Nobody's the odd man out. And so we can travel and enjoy this life. So. As members of the club, when you travel and you meet each other at these various parks and uh, uh, and sites along the way, do you then just share, you know, share the war stories and also share information about equipment, uh, uh, you know, th that that you have uh, that you have found out about, and then you share that through the website? Uh, sort of yes and no. What happens when you're a member of our club, you know where to be. We have exclusive trips on there. Like right now we have an Alaska and a West Coast drive. And I, I don't even know all of them. There's like nine of them up. So you join the one you want. You show up the day you want. You stay as long as you want. Every single day there's a meeting at five and you come to that meeting. Then there we talk about what's going on the next day. What do we want to do? Do we want to hike? Do we go to a museum? We're a very active club. You do as much as you want, but we're an active club. We, we like to see the local sites, eat at the local places. And then if you don't want to do that, you don't have to. But yes, we definitely share horror stories. We definitely share where we've been. And with a 35-year-old club, you can't name a place in America we haven't been. I mean, I challenge you to name somewhere. We have members that will say, oh, yeah, there's a on the corner in uh, Idaho, Boise, Idaho, there's a 7-Eleven there that has half-off Cokes on Tuesdays. <laughs> they they know they know this country. I, not me, but the members, especially the longtime members, they know this country because they've been living this life a long time. All right, so in 35 years, how many members uh, are there in, in, in the club? Thousands have come and gone. Right now, we're at about 300 because we'll gain 10 and then two or three will drop off because they get older, their RV breaks, they've got married. We, we you know, have that happens not a lot, but, but frequently enough. So we're hovering at around 300 right now, which is a good mix because of those 300, probably 200 of us travel pretty often, which is important because it ups the odds. If, if you want to travel, go on that Alaska trip we're fixing to have, you'll have people that are, you know, your new road friends, I call them your road friends. You'll have road friends. that So you're not going to Alaska by yourself. So when you're on the road, you just said you're you're getting ready to maybe go to Alaska uh, again. Mm -hmm. we're, we're, I mean, we're not we're not, not talking about, about an overnight drive. We're talking about many many days on the road. When you're traveling by yourself, 
what, what, how do you occupy your time while you're driving on the road? I do books on tape. I talk on the phone. I catch up to read on my mom and my five brothers and sisters, my daughter. But I do a lot of books on tape. But remember, too, Stuart, we're not in any hurry. That Alaska trip, and I'll just keep using that as an example, that Alaska trip, we're going to meet in Washington, okay, Linden, Washington, which means you got to get to Washington. So there's a couple of weeks, depending on where you are. Then we got to get through Canada. Canada is awesome. So we're going to spend three or four days here, a week here, and take our time getting to Canada. And then we're going to spend a couple of months in Alaska. So when you say occupy your time, we don't do five and six and seven hour days. We do two or three hours and then we go enjoy our life. We get out and see something or go in a van or eat together. Maybe stay a night, maybe stay two or three nights. It just kind of depends. So you, you really, really got into this club so so much so that am i correct you bought you bought the club i did Stuart. i had traveled with it for like the, the three years i bought it in march of this year so i traveled exclusive with it lee with it for three years and just saw how wonderful it was and what it did for my my rv life i mean it was the difference in me camping and thriving it, it And literally, I know that's like a big exaggeration, but it really is. I thrive. I have a wonderful life. I'm not just kind of getting by in an RV and it doesn't have anything to do with money. That That's not that's not what I'm talking about here. So I realized after about the last year, the, the man that owned it, fabulous guy, did a lot for the club, but he was getting a little older you know, I just don't no, no tired. And, and I just went to him and said, if you're, if you ever would like to sell, I'm, I'd like to talk to you. And we had two or three conversations, five or six over a year. And finally he said, okay, I'm ready. Let's, let's do it. And I was, I charged out the gate, just ready to go. I have a lot of energy. I've got about, I'm about 10, 15 years younger than the last owner. And I still got a lot of energy to put into it. And I love having the club. I love it. I love the travel. I love when people call me and are scared like I was exactly like I was. And I give everybody my phone number and tell them, call me and I'll sit and talk to you about your anxiety and your fear and how joining an RV club will change that. Like it did for me. I'm sure that there are people that are watching and listening to this show that, that enjoy RVing uh, and all, but maybe wondering, do I have to commit to all the time, or is this a club that people can can get involved in and maybe travel three, four, five months out of the year with the club, uh, but maybe they have still have full-time jobs the rest of the time? Absolutely, Stuart. That's one of the great things about it. Now, I travel with it almost the whole year, and other do too, but most of our members come in and out. I mean, we have people that still work and they come and do their one week vacation with us. They see on the trips where we're going to be and they come. We've got people that rent an RV for that week, either drive wow. the RV there, or have it have it delivered and hang out with us and then go away. We don't see them till next year. So it's everything. It's it's for it's for everybody who wants to RV that's on their own. So it really sounds like a win-win uh, situation. So those people that that do have that RV, uh, uh, and all, they may keep it in storage for a good part of the year, but 
when their mm-hmm. when their time comes, if they've got a, a month or so to to spend in the in the summertime, they can just find out where you're going, get in their RV, and and go. Absolutely. And we're doing things that are kind of like bucket list, if you will. For instance, we had a trip from Maine all the way down to Florida for people who want to do the leaf uh, peeping, you know, look look at the fall color leaves. We have a trip that just literally just ended going down the California coast, you know, the famous California coast driving down that Alaska, another bucket. Yeah, exactly. So if you join us even for the week or the two weeks that you have, you you can cross things off your bucket list if you choose to. So, you know, it, it, one of my my uh, uh, thoughts was, you know, you're, you're a single lady driving this RV and, and, and how safe do you feel? But if there are multiple RVs going with, single people in them and all there's safety in numbers when, when you're traveling together. There is safety in numbers. And I tell, especially the women that call and some of the men too, they're like, I I just bought this RV. I don't know what I'm doing. What if I break down on the side of the road? So there is, there is safety in number and travel is anxiety. Anyway, I don't care if you've got first class tickets and an air flight and everything is spelled out for you. There's still anxiety with travel. When you travel with the group, Number one, odds are we've either been there or sort of been there or, the, you know, 10 of us are going. The, the, the destination becomes part of the journey and it's a lot easier with all of us instead of going out on your own and just trying to find something if, and see what happens to you. That's not the philosophy we have at all. And does, and does it does it matter the type of travel vehicle that someone has? I mean, in, in the people in the club, do some of them have trailers? Uh, some of them campers. Some of them are RVs. Even uh, like you, you you're you're in a motorhome, uh, uh, so it is literally a house on wheels. Uh, so is is you know you can you can have any of those above type of vehicles to to travel with the group. You can have anything, Stuart. We have, I mean, literally fifth wheels, those little scampers. We've got these, I call them park rangers, but I'm not sure really what they are. They work for the park service like three months and then they're off three months and they're like mid twenties and they car camp with us, which I've I've said, why? I'm like, why are you hanging out with your grandparents? I mean, we are the grandparents age, but they, you know, they like being with us and they can look on the list, see where we are and see you know, somewhere in the country and they car camp. So we've got vans, you know, the fancy hundred thousand class B vans, and we've got vans that somebody redid in their backyard and joined us. It doesn't matter. We don't, that's, we're more interested in, you know, do you want to hike? Can you cook for 10 people in a moment's notice? Do you know where a good bicycle path is? We're much more interested in, in your abilities with that, not what you're living in. That's, that's your own thing, what you live in. That that's fantastic because that gives a, a much broader dimension to to just getting on the road and going from point A to point B, because now you can stop in between point A and point B, and you have got multiple things that you can do when you you know when the sun goes down, you're going to build that campfire, 
you got you do whatever you want to do. I remember when I first right. joined. So it, so let's go ahead, go right ahead. We had a little bit of lag there. I remember when I first joined, and I would go to the camp camp uh, fires at night, and uh, you know I had traveled quite a bit by then on my own. It was pretty much full of myself looking back on all my adventures, and I realized quite quickly I am still a rookie, and I'd already been traveling two years by then on my own, and I realized very quickly I was still a rookie at this travel RV game, which I've come right back to being in the club. It just changes you will do so much more. Some of our members, for instance, have an RV in the States and they have an RV somewhere in Europe. And so they'll travel six months here and they'll go to Europe and RV in Europe. Now, I haven't gotten that far yet, but that's not out of the realm of my possibility of my life. And so they see, I don't know, Italy in an RV. And, and that to me is the ultimate RV life. In amazing. All right. So, for somebody that's watching or listening to the show right now and they say, boy, I'm starting to get the itch, uh, and all this really sounds like, like, like something I'd like to do. And I'd like to hook up with Janelle and I'll, what are the, what are the steps that people should consider when they want to get into RVing and then to getting into an RV club like yours? To get an RV, first and foremost, you have to decide what kind you want. I've had three. I've had a travel trailer, a Class C, which is kind of like a big truck with the bed over the over the driver's part, and now I have this coach like a bus. So that's I obviously didn't know what I wanted, so I just kept buying them. I don't advise that route. <laughs> Go to RV shows. Really look. Is, is comfort more your issue or is gas mileage your issue? Do you want to be light and quick like a van and you're okay to not be as comfortable as, and spread out like I am? Mine was comfort. It, I, it, it took me three RVs, but mine, I realized, was comfort because I am on the road, you know, my whole life. So that came to me. But I would suggest you to figure out what kind you want first, and that's harder than it seems and then you know watch youtube channels i mean that uh, people that you know the good and the bad the romantic part of it and the fun part of it and the having a blowout on the side of the road which happened to me and there's not a tire in the state and i have a blowout there's not a tire in the entire state of massachusetts there was not a tire that fit my rv so there is that. So I suggest you do a lot of learning. And then my other advice that I always give people is after, talk, tell, you know, you're excited. So you talk to everybody and 90% of people will go, yeah, that's, that, that'd be fun, but I can never do that. And that puts doubt in your mind. So I tell people after that first time of you telling your family and friends, be quiet because they will do so much give you so much doubt. I call it dream, doubt, do. We all dream about it. And then we doubt it. Oh, I can't do that. You're right, mom. You're right, sister. I can't do that. And then do right. it. You know what? Be quiet and then just go do it and start living a life. I mean, would you advise people to maybe rent a, a, an RV uh, and, and, and try it for, you know, a week or two, even, even take a year or so of trying that in order to determine what, what fits before you go out and make that investment? I would. 
so much so that I contacted RV Share. They're they're a RV. They're a company where you can rent your RV or or rent an RV. I contacted them and we partnered because I had people that asked me that. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to research a company for them that's got a good reputation. And it's on my website, link to it. Uh, you know, it's a link on my website. Click on that. And that'll give you an RV. And you can rent a class B for a week, trade it out and get another one, trade it out and get another one. I wish I would have done that. It would have saved me some money and time. You know, especially on that first starter RV where I continually wrecked it, it would have saved me some time and money there. But that's a great way to do it. Yes. Because because that that that's kind of in the back of my head, because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I have I have been fortunate to see a lot of the country uh, by car with my parents. When when I was growing up, we used to take summer vacations on the road uh, to see some of America. My wife. Uh, unfortunately, whenever she did travel, it was by air. And mm -hmm. I have told her that there is so much of this country that is incredibly beautiful and can only be appreciated from the road. And by that, I mean, yes, seeing, seeing the oceans on the East Coast and the West Coast, that's one thing. But driving through mountain ranges, driving, you know, through, uh, like, for instance, the Pennsylvania Turnpike. It's an incredible road that goes through tunnels and through the Adirondacks, and it's and it's just beautiful, and especially this time of the year, uh, that it's something that really needs to be seen from the road. And you said you just just recently you've driven from Maine to Kentucky. Now, gosh, just tell us tell us what is it like visually to go from Maine to Kentucky at this time of the year in the fall? It was an incredible drive. It was, I, I, you know, I had to pay attention to driving because I'm looking out at the leaves so much and watching them fall, the red leaves and the orange, just beautiful. And going back to what your wife said, it really is what you said to your wife. It's, it's the journey, not necessarily the destination. Yeah, you know, it's beautiful in Maine, but my gosh, the drive from Kentucky or, go, you know, going the other way, the drive from Maine to Kentucky was incredible. And like I said, I think I maybe took uh, eight days, 10 days to do it. I was in no hurry. And just, uh, I've, I've pulled over before. And saw a bike lane for five or six miles that, that went along the side of a lake. And I pulled my RV, found a place to park, got my bike out, set it up, and did a bike ride in the middle of my travels. And then put it all back up and got back on the road. It just It's an incredible way to live. Most days, my stress is nothing. It it's That's amazing to me. And you have have shown a lot of this on the website. And again, I invite invite you to go to the website because there are a lot of very, very interesting uh, things to be learned from the website, but also some of the photos and things that are on the website. It just, it's very, very intriguing. Uh, and there's places where you can go into the website if you want to drop a note to Janelle and, and ask more information. But, you know, it, uh, again, what we were talking about is to see, boy, that, that picture in the top left is just mm -hmm. incredible. Uh, where Where is that one? That the one in the sand on the in, top left. Yep. 
That is in Utah, and that's called the Wave. And you have to enter a lottery to go on that hike because 200,000 attempts are made every year. And one of our club members won. Yes. One of our club members won the lottery for the day and you can invite yourself and five. And he invited me and this guy, Steven right here. And we got to hike that. And that's truly a bucket list right there. That's Every one of those pictures, if you look, another one is one of our members hiking in the Acadia National Park in Maine. And he is 70 years Maine. old. I've been there. Yeah, he is yep. 70 years old right there. There's oh. another picture here of July 4th. Our club was in New York on a boat on July 4th in the harbor watching the, the fireworks. I mean, it just it goes on and on and on. These are just some of the the photos that I have because there's so many. Well, and, and also, you know, I, I, you know, to remind people that, that the club is more than just getting behind the wheel and driving, uh, from, from point A to point B, like you said, you pull over on the side of the road, get on your bike and ride for a little bit, and then get back into the, into the RV. I would imagine that people get to some of the national parks and all. And if you want to get going and go to the next national park and somebody says, oh, I think maybe we're going to stay here for another uh, day or two and enjoy the sites and see some of the local, uh, uh, you know, things to see. You have got that freedom to do that. Uh, you know, it's 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 almost mind-boggling, Janelle, what you have 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 done for yourself, and then shared with other people by purchasing this, and now being really the mentor for the club uh, to to help people understand what it is and what they can do with the club. Thank you for those kind words, uh, Stuart. But honestly, I stand on the shoulders of all the people that have come before me. I'm a, I'm good at administration. I can organize a, a club. I know what I'm talking about because I've lived it and I've done it. So I wouldn't necessarily say I'm a mentor to the club, but I'm definitely, I, I hope to be a mentor to people that are just starting out RVing or afraid of it or the other side of the coin is people have been RVing a long time. They've seen it. They've done it. Why should I travel with you? I've already been everywhere. I promise it's still a good time. We'll go places you haven't been. We're going to pull over and ride our bikes on the Pennsylvania sidewalks or, or whatever, just to see, because we're not in a hurry to get somewhere. We're in, we're enjoying the route along the way. Well, and, and, and I would suspect that for somebody that is now just getting into it, you know, what better way than to travel with seasoned travelers uh, in, in the RVs in order to blend in with those, those you know, seasoned people in order to get the feel of what it's all about. And I, 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 I sense that that's what you do and the other people that are in the club is whenever there's a newbie uh, on the road with you, you want to take them under your wing and say, we're here for you to, to share whatever ever experiences you want to share. When I bought this third RV, this the, the one I'm in now, the 36-foot one I'm in now, 
you know, when you buy an RV, the, the dealership spends an hour with you showing you everything. And I'd already had two, so I was pretty familiar with it, you know. But I literally, and they give you good advice, and they say, get, in, get the new RV, go somewhere nice, close, and stay there, and get all the tricks and tips. And so that way, the dealership's right there. Well, not me. I bought it in Fort Worth. Took a left and drove straight to Nyland, California, where the club was meeting. I was finally going to see the club. Well, from Texas to California, I didn't have hot water. I could not remember what they told me about the hot water. So I'm in this nice fancy rig, boiling water to shower. So I pour hot water on me and cold water on me to shower. So I get to the to the Nyland, California, and I get to the I see the club is meeting. And after a little bit, I said, does anybody have this kind of RV and know how to help me turn on my hot water? Five minutes, I had hot water that I'd been I'd been without. So that's another good thing. Somebody's going to have your type of RV, already had your RV, and, and, and will help. And can it, it's just a helpful group. Sometimes I get from people that say, well, I know you're going to be at X place, and I know to come at 5 o'clock, but, you know, what do I do? And I always tell them, you just walk up to the group. We have a sticker on our RV, so you know you know where where to go. And you walk up, and you're going to, it's a little intimidating to walk up. You know, there's 5, 10, 20 people sitting there. But I promise you that somebody's going to say, hey, are you new? Are you looking for the wins? Come in, sit down, and join us. Because we were that guy once. And so yeah people reach out you'll have five or six people matter of fact saying hey come sit down and join us even if you're not a win member do you want to come you know you want to join the meeting and have adult beverage and do the campfire with us you're welcome to tell me what you know you have gone from south florida to alaska and from mm -hmm. southern california to arcadia national park in maine yes what are some of your favorite places that you've traveled in this country? Number one, the wave that, that, that we talked about there in Utah. That was awesome. I loved the Grand Canyon because I there is bike trails all through and hiking trails all through the Grand Canyon. But we, our group, rode our bike through the Grand Canyon for 13 miles. People don't, you don't even realize there's 13 miles of bike that you could bike in there. So that was great. And then one of my other great memories that I've had of all the places I've seen. I was in Maine and one of our members knew about a guy on his boat that comes in. And if he bought lobster, if he caught lobsters that day, he'll sell them to you right off the side of the boat. One of our members knew about this guy. So we all wow. go down to the dock. Yes. And sure enough, he's there. And so he's like, yep, you can have any in this bucket for $12. So we all bought a live lobster standing there with our $12 and our lobster. And we go back to where we were staying and we boiled lobsters and just ate them right out of the pot and with our hands standing there and dipping them and we had this big pot of butter just a community butter and i remember standing there looking out at the trees and you know my road friends eating lobster in maine and i was so grateful for this life and this experience with this butter literally running down my arms and shoving lobster in my face as fast as i can because it was so good and fresh that's one of my great memories for this life because it just sums it all up. No, we weren't at a fancy restaurant. No, that lobster didn't cost us $60 and be waited on. But it's an incredible memory that sums up what this life is all about. 
And that $12 lobster probably tasted as good, if not better, than one that you could have sat down when they put the mm -hmm. bib on your uh, around your neck and 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 took care of it because you did it yourself and you did it in the outdoors. Yes. You know, that that to me would be the, the the greatest thing is because you're really living the outdoors while you're while you're doing all of, of this. Yeah. And you know, Stuart, I'm a poor kid well, from Weatherford. Again, Texas. folks, I, I know where Weatherford, Texas is because it's now the home of the National Vietnam Veterans Museum. I did not know that. That's good to know. That's good to know. See, it's I, it's someplace you'll have to visit on the road. Yeah, well, my my mom and five brothers and sisters live there, so I will have to look that up the next time I'm there. But, you yep. know, Stuart, I, I was born in Houston, Texas, but we moved to Weatherford, a little teeny town of nothing and nowhere. And, you know, I had five brothers and sisters, like I said. We didn't have any money. We lived in a trailer quite a bit. So I'm this poor kid that would have never ever dreamed that something like this would be possible in my life. And that's why I go back to that eating lobster with my hands there, you know, with my friends, just really enjoying what this life is. And I invite other people to recognize your life could be this too. And, and I think, I think that's testament to the fact that, that you dreams, dreams do come true. Be <laughs> Because if you if you want it, go out and get it. it it's, it's that simple. You know, I, I end my show every week with a quote from Oscar Wilde. And it, it's, be yourself because everyone else is already taken. And that is, I think, who Janelle Jones is. That you are yourself and you are, are self-made and you have said, this is my dream and I'm going after it. And, and I thank you very, very much right from the, the, from your, your, your own motor home right there. I thank you for taking the time to share your story with us. Stuart, I, again, I'm honored to be on here. Your other guests are so great. I just, I, you know, I didn't want to let you down on, to me, this is normal life. This, you know, and I get around other people and I realize this is something, this is a, this is really a great life that more people need to do. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of the unknown. Right. And start by going to the website. And if you've got any uh, questions and everything, there's a place to, to reach out to Janelle to ask your questions uh, and all. And if you have a dream of hitting the road in an RV, this is the lady to talk to. So <laughs> go out and make it a great day. That'll do it for another edition of Someone You Should Know. And again, a big, big thank you to Janelle Jones. Someone you should know. You should know.